Now this is a podcast. This is a, this is how a Zoom should have been done. We zoomed. I think right before we opened up the studio, they were both coming out to LA. But I wanted to get them on because I love history hyenas. We talk about we talk. It's now defunct, which is I'm glad they're doing their own thing. I think it was really hard to get people together, and I know that it's been hard for us. But um, you know, as I know, as you know, I'm obsessed with history, and those guys know a dickload about history. They are hilarious but they're hilarious together. The way they pop off each other is next level. I first met Giannis when he did, I think he did something's burning with Schultz, with Andrew Schultz. I met Schultz that day too. I think I'd met Giannis before then maybe. I think I had, and like probably like a skanks fest. But that's when I first got to like see him on a podcast when we were doing something's burning and he blew it away. He is so quick, so funny. He says something that's a throwaway that I hold on to for a week and try to incorporate into my conversations with my wife. Oh, you're getting cracked open. He's got a fucking rot. Like the way he talks is brilliant. And Chris Stefano, everyone knows. I feel like I, I love that guy. I love that guy. Absolutely to death. Those New York guys right now are killing it in the podcast game. They're fearless. They're murdering it. They come in. It's like they prepare. They're doing so much better than we've ever done in LA because we just went over to Joe's and got high and then said regrettable stuff. They're coming in, murdering it. So you're going to love this podcast. It's a Zoom, but I'm telling you it's worth it. My buddies, Chris Stefano and Giannis Papas. Hello. Where are you guys? Can you see me? Yeah, I can see you. Can you see me? I can see you. I can, and I can also see a guy named Halston Savigny. That's a fucking wild Viking name. What's Halston up, guys? Savigny. Hi, Halston. What's going on? What's going on? Wow. Are you guys, are you guys in, are you guys in uh, the hellhole that's New York? We are. Are you in the hellhole LA? Oh, you have no fucking idea how bad this is. Yeah. We are flooded with homelessness. Flooded. It is so fucking bad here. It's not as bad as Texas. I mean, fucking Tim Tim Dillon's ice skate into his mailbox every morning. I know. I know. They just got oh, yeah. power back yesterday. Yanni, are you really going to move there to Austin? Or is that just jokes? No, I'm moving there. No, That's are you insane. serious? Are yeah, you serious? Until until this ice storm, and then I was like, uh, you know, I, maybe there's nowhere to run. Maybe I'll move to Venezuela. That might be the only safest place. Dude, Schultz <laughs> went to Schultz went to fucking Miami. Yeah. I know. Do you know, know? Do you know how hard it is for me, a Florida kid, to watch Andrew Schultz rape my culture? <laughs> <laughs> he looks like he's he's raping Justin Bieber's culture the most, dude. What the fuck? Let's fucking light up Schultz for a second. Yeah. So so was he on the Kevin Hart program? Because now all of a sudden he's boxing and he's putting it on. What the fuck? I think he's I think he's already crashed like three Lamborghinis. <laughs> Schultz, he's, he's a wild kid. I think they're in a competition to see who can get Corona a second and third time. They're all hey. getting Corona. Yeah. They've all, they've all got it again. His yeah, Instagram all got it again. post the other day was, remember how I said you couldn't get Corona twice? Yeah. And... And don't and don't don't get it twisted. You keep seeing he's posting Sauce Monkey all the time. That is from the mind of Giannis Papas. Just remember, Sauce Monkey has been said on the history hyenas for years by Giannis Papas and Mr. Pano. So don't let him run away with fucking Sauce Monkey. That's our shit. I think what is sauce, the, what is sauce the thing? Monkey was yours. Mine was Snow Monkey. Oh yeah. So they took Sauce Monkey from me. <laughs> <laughs> what is the thing with a comic when they start to blow up? They take boxing lessons. <laughs> I know. I, well, that the good news, I, at least I've been taking it for fucking five years and I'm still living in a two floor walk up. So <laughs> <laughs> I was you'd watch. It's such a weird thing to watch Kevin Hart box like to, to be like, like, this is a part of my personality. I want you to see which which kind of makes sense because he is smaller and he, I, he was probably like, I can defend myself now or whatever. But it's so fucking odd. And you know, it's so crazy. I actually think it's bad luck to put yourself working out, like doing like, I got a personal trainer. This is my new Instagram angle. I think it's bad luck. I think it's the same as working for Buffalo Wild Wings. You, do, you can't fuck with that. Yeah, I dude. You're look. right. It, you, it makes, it makes guys want to challenge you. Like when Mike Tyson goes to jail. Yeah. Yeah. I look at, <laughs> look at how Tom Segura ended up fucking crippled with his arms behind his back. 
You know what it is, man? We perform for so many years in clubs without security that I think once you start getting a fan base and you start getting some of those DMs where people start saying crazy stuff, you're like, yo, I may have to take matters into my own hands. I have to learn to box just to fend off. I got I got to go to Soul Joel's in Royersford, PA. I saw Big J Okerson got attacked. I need to learn karate. Big J yeah. Okerson got attacked. <laughs> got attacked. He got attacked yeah. by one of his own fans. I think it might have been a family member. Yeah, but the thing... <laughs> But Kevin Hart, but Kevin Hart needs to know how to. I mean, you know, he's a big famous guy, but he's also a squeak. I mean, the he's guy, a he's a squeak. He's a, he's a, he's an itty bitty mini guy. So it's it's one of those things where it's like, you know, if if you could get past his security and he doesn't know how to box, I could just put my hand out and he's not going anywhere. He's just going to be running against my fucking palm. Yeah, those boxing skills he learned will only work on Doctor Fauci or Beetlejuice. That's it. <laughs> yeah. eleven year olds and eleven year olds. By the way. Yeah. I love the news today. Dr. Alchi Fauci is changing his tune now, saying that the vaccine, he was he was saying last week, if you have the vaccine, it doesn't mean you can pass, you know, it means you can still pass COVID. But now he's saying, now Alchi Fauci's saying, if you get the vaccine, you can't pass COVID. So I want to fucking push that little guy in a swing and get the truth out of him. Yeah. I'm so tired with fucking the nine things of what we now know to be true until you get to the one. They're like, oh yeah, you should wear a mask. Actually double dip it, man. Like, yeah. It's it's the opposite with with condoms because you couldn't wear two condoms when you were the uh, who were the friction. <laughs> I think even people who were like hardcore maskers once they said, uh, "Yeah, double up the mask." I think that's when they jump ship and like, you know what? You're jumping the shark now. You want me to just put on a mask? Should I just walk around in a bed bug suit? This is getting ridiculous. I'd rather get corona than walk around double masked. It's ridiculous. <laughs> By the way, I realize I've signed on to the Zoom as my girlfriend. So please, when you're promoting the show, just say this is Jasmine Canuelas and Giannis Papas. <laughs> yeah, I signed on as a history hyenas. I don't even know how that happened. Yeah, that show's fucking over. <laughs> <laughs> Bert, you know what? People want to know why we ended history hyenas. Can Tell we say it on your show? Yeah, 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 please. The truth is we were put together by a uh, boy band podcast producer. Yes. And we had some contract issues. We were both molested. It was Lou Perlman's son. And we've had enough. We're putting yeah. him on notice. We're taking legal recourse. Yes. And yes. so once we deal with this and once we yes. go through therapy, who knows what will happen. But enough is enough. We're not letting Disney take 70% of our money anymore. And I'm not I'm not going to tour one more time in Belgium or Germany. I've had it. <laughs> yeah, we're not. Listen. The 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 NSYNC, it was Lou Pearlman, and we were molested by Ron Pearlman. So that's just the truth. <laughs> <laughs> and also Rhea Pearlman. Yeah. I remember, I remember. See, I'm I'm like the old school podcast uh generation. So like I just deal with one person and then uh when I get an ad, I get all that money, right? Yes. I remember hearing I remember hearing the the like when celebrities got into podcasting and they're like, No, it's a good deal. So we split it 50-50 and uh and yeah. then, and then they obviously pay for all, you know, all the overhead then. And I was like, overhead? <laughs> yeah, what overhead, dude? You're giving 50% away or 20% of your agents for no reason, dude. We could do the fucking ads. Dude, it's, it's such, there's such a scam in this fucking business of podcasting where yeah. I get so frustrated and I've been taken for it. I've been taken for it. I signed a deal once with, uh, with a, with a big name comedian, old freckles. And, uh, and, and I remember doing the math going, I think we're getting butt fucked. And yeah. he was like, and then you, you get Bill Burr upset. That's my favorite thing in the world to get him worked up. Oh, well, you should listen dad. to some previous, you should listen to some history hyena episodes. Cause Bill Burr got real upset yeah. on our podcast. Well, what happened? Him, well, me and him, we just had a, we had a huge phone call and we reconciled and it was beautiful and it's all love now. But yeah, I mean, he can, he can come at you. He can come at you. He's an old school. I bet you he can throw hands too. He looks like Richie Cunningham, but no. I bet you he's one. He's got like five no. brothers. I guarantee you, he he's an Irish kid. Those kids never go down. No matter what their face looks like, they will stand up. You, you can't break their teeth. You can't break their teeth either. Yeah. No. I, you, I, I bet you, I could. I could hit him in the kidneys. I could shatter his fucking kidneys, his rib cages, but I could never knock his teeth out. You're right. Yeah, yeah, dude, yeah. I, I said something to Bill once that he sat on for two fucking weeks, <laughs> stewed on it, stewed on it. And then it came to a head and I went, oh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> it was yeah. the most innocuous. I go, I get in his car. He's going to hate this. I get in his car <laughs> and he's got a, he's got a, oui, oui, monsieur. A and he goes, ah, you know, we're teaching the kid French. And I go, yeah, I go, it's an old dad move. We all tried that, Bill. And he goes, what did you call me? 
I go. <laughs> Old dad. Bill took it and put it in the bottom of his red heart. And he sat on that. And all of a sudden, he goes out of nowhere. He goes, you know, you said something to me that I haven't let go of about a couple weeks ago. You called me an old fucking dad. I'm not an old fucking dad. And he lit up and I went, I was just, I was drunk, man. I just don't know what I was saying. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, He's but it's like, also like, it's also like, Bill, you are 52 years old with a three-year-old. So you are technically an old dad. <laughs> He's like, uh, 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 what's the dude from Family Ties? What's his name? I can't remember. Rich, oh, Alan. Michael Richards. Oh. No, yeah. <laughs> The little squeak. Uh, he's got. He's got several. He's got a uh, park. Michael J. Fox. Michael J. Fox in Back to the Future. Remember, there was that one thing you called him. What was it? Like, uh, you called him like a loser a or a coward. Or a coward. Coward. Yeah. Coward. No, yeah. no. You called him yellow. Yeah, yellow. Right. When yellow, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yellow. yellow right. Yellow. And then we were you supposed to believe like he turned into the Hulk or something like that. Yeah. It's like that's. I guess that's what happened with Bill right there. You, old dad. You just. He just. Like, he can't handle that. It's, it's, it's when you hit like my, I have things that I are things I say about myself. And if you say that, and, and, you know, Bill, I'm sure is like, maybe I'm sure you, the second you have kids, you go, I should have done this younger. This anyone has kids goes, this would have been fun when I could do a lot of shit with them. Now I'm going like my second family would be a fucking blast. I, <laughs> that fucking shit. I would yeah. love a second family. Dude, yeah. a lot of pilots uh, have second families. Like I think a lot of guys become pilots. So they can have a second family in San Francisco. Yeah, I, I would yeah. love that. I would yeah. love that. I'm trying to. I'm trying to. I'm. I'm doing something abroad soon. And uh, and uh, I'm trying to pass off my wife. Like like define like cheating. Like an affair's big deal, but like cheating. And she's like, no. I go, <laughs> well, but like just a hand job or like yeah, hook up with a chick. Like that's really that bad. And she's like, yeah. I go, no, but I get an affair. Like, I get an affair, but right. you just got Invisalign. Like, come on. <laughs> dude, dude, in France, if you're going abroad, I don't know what country you're going to, but if you, at least if you're in France, technically, the French don't, you can cheat on your wife in France as long as you don't have an affair, as long as you don't fall in love. But if you just hook up with another woman on your wife, the French, it's like totally acceptable. Sorry. The French no, yeah. is like totally acceptable. She yeah, no, just, they, they, and, it's, it's polite for, yeah, in France, it's polite. To fuck a guy's wife that's polite otherwise yeah. it's rude you get put in a doghouse like if you didn't you know take out the trash or something like it's like the same offense but if they catch you actually in love with another woman then you're fucked but just yeah. have sex they're like we're adults here it happens it's how expected. great do you think it was to be a man 200 years ago when you were setting up laws and you're like no 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 you can hit them but it can't be bigger than your thumb. Like, that's the rule of thumb, right? And everyone's yeah. like, hey, it works out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dude, it was probably good to be a man even like 20 years ago before the internet. You could have a second family 20 years ago and get away with it. Now you can't even be a serial killer, which is like atrocious. Imagine like you were born with the talent to be a great psychopath with great murder skills. You can't even get away with it. They'll I catch know, you. And I you know, can't I even have a second family. You can't get away with anything anymore. I know. I was watching that. I was watching. I know, Giannis, you watch it too. The Night Stalker about Richard Ramirez. Oh, and I, I had the it. same thought. Oh, you saw it? Yeah. I was like, I was like, it's just like the 80s. It was wild. It's like now, like he would have killed one person and then just got caught on the fucking ring camera and it would have been over. There would have been yeah. no documentary. The yeah, only way to, the only way to like get caught back then before forensic and all that is like if a guy saw you more murder the hooker. It was like, unless the, mur the hooker lived or a guy was just like watching you, you would just get away with it. Right. I was watching. You want to know how crazy I am? I was watching uh, on the History Channel, oddly enough, they have a, a show called The Food That Built America, and they're talking about Hershey, the guy Hershey. And or these were guys. Hershey. Yeah, they would invest a million dollars. They would go in debt a million dollars to build a city all based around chocolate. And I just, and I was watching this reenactment of this guy casually walking through a city that he built, knowing that he had all his life invested in it without any fear of getting canceled. Like yep. none of none of the shit he said in the past is getting drugged up. He just in his head he was like, "Yeah, this is how it works. Yeah. Uh, I'll be a gazillionaire soon, and I will treat people like garbage because they are." <laughs> well, Bert, I'm doing the same thing. It's just with Bitcoin. I'm putting my <laughs> fortune in Bitcoin. It's kind of fun too. The whole cancel culture is kind of fun. It's almost like a, a game of Frogger where you have to like, you, it's it's turned life into like a video game. Especially if you're like an entertainer, you got to kind of figure out how to maneuver around it like Barry Sanders. You're like, oh, the woke kids are over there. You go over there. You're just constantly cutting around it and trying to get into the end zone. It's pretty fun. It's, I'll tell you what. Like I said, when I said uh, 
when Trump got elected, I said it, the, Trump got elected the very the first the only time I I was on a podcast and I said this is he was they go who voted for Donald Trump and I said it was white guys who weren't done saying faggot and like they yeah. they they weren't done with that word they wanted to see, keep saying it and they said this is how we get it and yeah I was that, like, that when I voted for him that's what I put in and I didn't check it I just wrote faggot next to Donald Trump that was my vote. And so I said, and so then I was talking to someone and they were like, you know, the cool thing about cancel culture is it makes comedy dangerous again. Like when you do take a big swing and you hit it out of the park, you, you, we, I'm telling you when I started, no one was taking, everyone was killing hookers in the back of the car and, and blowjobs and uh, donkey punch. There was no chance of shock. Now, when you take a big swing, people are like, Whoa, and it's fun again. It's got fun. Yeah. You know what? Like, if you don't want to get canceled uh, and you you like to tweet about, like, the Jews holding up the world, maybe don't take a movie at Disney. You know what I mean? <laughs> maybe start a Patreon. I mean, Gina Carano, it's like, you do work at Disney. I don't know if that's the coveted, uh, you know, demographic for hearing your opinions on how the Semites are controlling the globe. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, doesn't doesn't Disney have a track record of being notoriously anti-Semitic? I mean, like, I he, he hated them. Somebody told me that there's no actual proof that Walt Disney was actually anti-Semitic, and I said there is proof. He was a white guy who wasn't Jewish in the 1940s. <laughs> <laughs> so that, has, no that has a hundred percent connect rate as far as anti-Semitism. There's no proof that my great grandfather was racist, but I'm going to take the over. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. I no, mean, I think the guy was probably a great guy. I'm certain he had some unsavory <laughs> thoughts. My, my grandfather to the end of his life would never use chopsticks or even go into a sushi restaurant because he still considered Japan the enemy. Oh, Dude, yeah. do but not. But he fought in World War II, so. Oh, let me tell you something. You want to talk about progressive? George W. Bush was shot down just in in the sea of in the sea of China, and his friends, his friends, his best friends, like like his best friends who he went to war with, were captured and eaten by Japanese people, and this guy became president and forgave. That is progress. His best friends were were put in a hole pieces of their back were chopped off as they were left yeah. alive. And then they ate his friends and George Bush was like in Japan going, ah, it's so great to be here. And you know, yeah. his head, he had to be like, and be here for dinner. Not as you know. Yeah. yeah. I can't even got one imagine. Term. Yeah. I can't even imagine how much therapy that would take to get over, watch knowing that uh, your enemy at that time ate your friends. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I, I'm not even over a, a few ex-girlfriends, let alone if some if some goddamn Japs ate my boys. <laughs> I'm having a flashback right now. God damn it. Kill these fucking Japs. There was, dude, this is, it's so mind-blowing. When you talk about like where, I, I, I have so many thoughts on it, but like, because I read this book, Flyboys, and they show a picture of one of the dudes who who just ruthlessly murdered Americans and he was a Rotary Club member in San Francisco, living in America. And he was just taking pictures. And you and these are and he's taking pictures with guys who fought. Uh, he fought against guys what? he fought against, and they're taking pictures together. And you go, dude, that like someone tell all the people trying to cancel people that is forgive. That is like that shit. And and they didn't even have PTSD back then. They just fucking drank it away. Yeah. Oh yeah. There's yeah. The, the PTSD is a, is a new thing. That's that's a brand new. Thing. There's a documentary I, I watched just on HBO about PTSD, about how, you know, like even General Patton, like in World War II, he would tell, he like told this young soldier, like, stop being a pussy and run out, run back out there. But he was suffering from shell shock. It's like now, like you will get taken off the battlefield if you're having PTSD because they treat it like a regular injury. But back in the day, it was like, unless you got a limb blown off, you had to continue to fight. Bro, they would, and, and I, I mean, I'm obsessed with, I really got, I, it's so funny because- just as history hyenas leaves, I become obsessed with history. Obsessed. Bill Burr turns me on to this book, Flyboys. And I'm telling you, the first chapter of Flyboys is the most fascinating chapter I've ever read in any book in my life. And then I tore through this book. But these George W. Bush and his Flyboys, they would come in over Japan and then dive, dive at these ships, trying to sink ships, trying to do drop bombs. And, and they would literally roll the dice on death. And they would 
be sent to a plane, not knowing if they'd come back alive. And when they got back, they'd be sent down to the medic bay and they just give them a shot of whiskey and be like, you're going to be fine. That's yeah, it. The, the civil war they had, I mean, civil war, the artillery was, was dramatic. I mean, it was fierce. It was cannons. It was, it was iron. People got their legs blown off. There was no, uh, anesthesia. And most, no. most people who died in the civil war actually died from infection, you know, right. just because they had no antibiotics either. So, and when they cut your leg off, they just gave you a stick to bite on and just said, you know, sing Yankee doodle dandy. And that's it. And then oh, your yeah. leg comes off. That's what it was. I mean, yeah, there, there was a weapon in the civil war. It was called the devil's breath. It's like, that's, that's a fucking wild sounding weapon. Or what about, you ever seen the World War I documentary, They Shall Not Grow Old by Peter Jackson? Um, that, you know, that was unbelievable to see, to colorize World War I and how you died in the trenches. Most people died of diarrhea. Like, that's what actually eventually killed them, is diarrhea. And there was so many people would die. They would get, the soldiers would get so weak that the latrines, because it was just like a hole in the trench, they would, like, have to go take cover and, like, you know, like be on the bowl or something like that and fall in and drown in the other soldier's shit. Like that's, that was a common way to die in World War I because they were dead, it was full weakness. This podcast is brought to you by Raycon. Look, I love to go to sleep listening to a podcast. My favorite one right now is uh, The Dictators. And there's nothing better than listening to a podcast go to sleep. My wife just got to Serbia, and now I can't just listen to my podcast by myself. So now I need earbuds. Well, the best earbuds I have found are Raycon wireless earbuds. They make such a difference. They are fantastic. They look great. They feel even better. They come in ranges of cool colors, and their customizable gel tips include a comfortable in-ear fit. They are tiny, they are built for on the go, wherever you go with quick and seamless Bluetooth pairing, which I absolutely love, and a compact charging case. I'm telling you, these battery, the battery life on these things are fantastic. They last me through the night and well past, well beyond. I then take them on my run in the mornings. And what's great is they're so much cheaper than the, than the comparable earbuds that you find out there. Here's the deal. Raycon's offering 15% off all their products for my listeners, and here's what they gotta, you got to do to get it. Go to buyraycon.com slash birdcast. There you'll get 15% off your entire Raycon order. It's such good savings that I often buy two. I have four sets of Raycons, and I just have them in all my bags. I keep them all charged so I can throw them in. You'll get 15% off your entire order at Raycon. It's such a good deal. I'm telling you, grab yourself a pair and a spare. That's 15% off at buyraycon.com slash birdcast. Buyraycon.com slash birdcast. This podcast is brought to you by SA Company. Holy shit, I've been wearing these every single day on my jogs in Serbia. These are great protective gear for the elements. And with me, I've been getting dust in my... Let me tell you what they are. They are multi-use face shields. They offer a U... PF of 30. They are lightweight. They are breathable. They're those little, those little sleeves you can pull up over your face. They're the perfect piece of protective gear that you need on your next adventure. I've been using them on my, my jogs. I've been using them. I have one on my jog to hungry so I could throw it, throw it up around my face if I jog by anyone. You don't want to have a freaking big ass. It's just throw it up on your face. I'm telling you, they're awesome. I've got uh, an American flag one, a camo one, a digital black camo. I've got all of them. I've got the black American flag. I've got, they have so many different uh, designs. And uh, I'm telling you, I, I throw one around my wrist and I have it on just in case. Just in case. And I've been using them, I swear to God, every run I do in Serbia. Anytime you see me with a video, you'll see it on my face. The SA, the SA face shields are perfect for your next outdoor adventure. Whether you're working in the sun or in the cold or going hunting or hiking or fishing or skiing or riding or biking or running in a park in Serbia. Dozens of eye-catching colors for men and women and for children. One size fits all, machine washable, lifetime warranty. That is zero risk. SA believes in giving back to the men and women who put themselves on the front lines every day through their partnership with Operation Gratitude. They've done well, donated well over 100,000 face shields. First responder, you get a great deal on an incredible product plus Chance to give back. Stay protected outdoors because right now you can get an insane deal. Buy one, get four free. That's the one I got. I got five face shields. I'm telling you, it's $150 values for just $24.99. Go to safishing.com slash Bert. 
to get five face shields for the price of one. Plus, a lifetime warranty and free returns if you're not satisfied. That's safishing.com slash Bert. They would, yeah, they would yeah. take these, these young Japanese bo boys would go and join the military because it was about honor. It was about honoring their emperor, and they didn't even fucking know this guy. And they would beat them within an inch of their life in training. That's how they train them. Just right. beat them merciful, mercilessly. And then you think of the, like, I don't have this, but, like, they were telling a story about one. Uh, Let me just say this, Bert. That's the reason why you got to go Japanese car right there. Fuck. The honor system, yes. dude. If they dude fuck have you ever been to Japan? Yeah, but no. if they fuck up one Lexus, the guy who fucks up has to walk out a window. And so that's how they keep the quality up. Dude, Japan is fucking amazing. It is the one of the greatest places I've ever been on the planet. And it's fucking clean. They're friendly. They're it's it's safe. It's one of the greatest places on the on the planet. I they love don't Japan. have any animo they don't have any animosity. You think like they'll always remember like what happened and like one day they're gonna do it to us. What America did to Japan is so atrocious and, and and like just so horrible but it was the i i and i i i can't forgive just bombing innocent victim innocent civilians that just like in such massive sh form but, but you know it's it's history so you just gotta gotta roll with it but it's, it, it's but what it is it's history it's, yeah, we, it is what it is and you just go that's what i think is cool about history is that it's definitive it's like you know this is what happened you can't deny that that Jap Japan went into into China and started raping all the women, killing all the children, and putting yeah. them on spits like that. That's history. It sounds yeah. bad, but it's history. What are you gonna do? And also, and also, you know, with the with the with dropping the nuclear bomb, it's like, look, you know, they're flying. They don't date kamikazes. They're flying planes into the into our our boats. You know, the people. You know, like you just said, they'll get beaten to an inch of his life. It's like, what do you think? A fucking few bullets is gonna stop them? It's like, no. You got to drop a nuke. And then also, there's a lot of people that think, you know, the United States, yeah, maybe didn't really need to drop the nuke on Japan, that Japan was going to surrender anyway because Russia was about to enter the, the war front on Japan. But United States had to show, Harry S. Truman had to show U.S. dominance by dropping the nuke because he was worried about what's going to happen after World War II if Russia thinks that they can fuck with everybody. He's like, we, he wants to really let Russia know, like, yo, we got a lot of nuclear power. So don't fuck with those. So that's really the reason why a lot of people think why they actually dropped it is not necessarily to knock Japan out. They were already out. It was to it was to keep Russia away. But that yeah, kind of scare Russia. Up. Yeah, but also, I mean, it, we do have to point out since we are three American boys. Yes, that they did punch us first, Bert. I'm just yeah, saying. I'm not. Dude, I'm not saying we should have posted them like that. I'm not saying we should have listened. They do the first punch. They woke up the boys, and then, you know what? We said, it's lunchtime. Now you get in the bento box. That's just what happens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, we, we have an episode about that on History Hyenas where we definitely take a side on whose fault it was. And let's be honest, if you, your parents told you, you punch somebody, be expected to get punched back. Uh, you know, and, uh, you know, nobody ever said about getting punched back, but, you know, it's, it happened. Yeah, they didn't know. Japan didn't know the U.S. has been taking boxing lessons. They didn't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not our fault that we had invented the microwave at that point. You know, yeah. it's not our fault. It's like, you know, they were still holding meat over a fire. We were like, we got a quicker way to do this. Yeah, it's what it is. I mean, the kid Oppenheimer was born with two feet inside the United States. You know, I'm sorry. I mean, he should have been born in Japan. It didn't fucking happen. The boys won again. Yeah, and you bring up a great point that a lot of people don't know about. The Japanese were absolutely atrocious to the Chinese. Oh. Absolutely. Some of the atrocities kind of parallel what the Nazis did in a lot of ways. So uh, absolutely brutal. So it's like, you know, you know, if it wasn't for the boys, if it wasn't for the good old U.S. of A., World War II, we really shined. That's when we celebrated greatness. Right. Yeah. You know, that, yeah. They call it the, the greatest generation for a reason. I mean, those boys... They stormed the beach at Normandy. You know what I mean? I get upset if my smoothie's off. So it's yeah, a different Storm the beaches now. of Normandy. I couldn't sit through the beginning of Save It Private Ryan. I, I literally had a panic attack watching the beginning. And my grandfather stormed the beach of Normandy. Then had a stroke at 42 because he drank <laughs> himself into a garage. Yeah. But yeah. that fucking, that shit is, I, I have a hard time with people. When people go, hey, uh, keep it to a tight 45. I go, no one tells me what to do. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I used to I I used to be a physical therapist and one when I was doing physical therapy, I worked at the 
VA in, in downtown Manhattan, the Veterans uh, Hospital. And so I would treat veterans from any war, not you know, any U.S. veteran. And there was a time where I was treating World War II vets and Vietnam vets and Iraq vets, Iraq war vets, all for different reasons. And the World War II vets would call the Iraq vets pussies and would call Desert Storm vets pussies. And they would have this thing and they would call the Vietnam vets pussies because they would always say things like, you didn't go through what we went through. And I would listen and be fascinated by like how World War II vets looked at stuff because they really genuinely had like a lot more pride in you know, being an American and, and they felt like they were defending America where sometimes the Vietnam vets I would hear would be like, oh, I, it was a paycheck. It was like, like they looked at war like a job, but the World War II was like, they, the vets were like, we didn't need any money. We were defending the United States. That, yeah. the, that is a different breed of human being who at yeah. 17 says to his mom, mom, I want you to take me down to the recruiting center and sign me off because I'm going to war because I love this country. Yeah. I don't think I don't think we could field an intramural team with people like I don't <laughs> think we, like that's just one of the world go one of the World War II vets I was with uh, I I you know was train uh, treating him whatever I go in the next morning I'm like oh I was supposed to treat him I'm like where you know where is he and then one of the nurses is like oh he ripped his catheter out last night in the middle of the night and didn't tell anyone so he was bleeding all through the night but slept through it but now you know he's got a lot of problems because he lost too much blood and then he was just in training. You know, he's in the physical therapy clinic like a few hours later, but he ripped a catheter out of his dick and didn't call a nurse. He just slept that off. Yeah, there's no way we could fathom what they went through. Think about it. the least thing that they went through is probably something that we couldn't even get through for a couple hours. They slept outside. I mean, like yeah. they were just like lived outside and, and fought outside. My dad is a Korean War vet. He actually ripped his asshole in Korea. He was a Korean War vet because he had to shit outside and it was so cold at night that the shit would freeze on the way out and he ripped his asshole. He said, I ripped my asshole in Korea. And he yeah. also said, Korean whores got tight pussies. I'm sorry, my mother-in-law's here. It's what it is. Yeah, I got to make a living, Gianna. But it's, it's a true, that's what my dad said. He said, Korean whores got tight pussies. He said that at the dinner table at a Lebanese restaurant with me and my brother. And when you get old and you're in your 80s, you just don't care anymore. And he let that one fly as soon as she was asking if we wanted coffee. Yeah, it's just what it is. You got to so just if you, were, if you were wondering... That's what the truth is, apparently, from someone who has walked the walk. Yeah. <laughs> I love, even women, too. Like, even, like, you know, like, Giannis, like, your mom, like, stayed by your dad's side. World War II women, like, stayed by their husband's side. It's like, now it's like we, couples break up if you're, like, not emotionally there for them. They'll yeah. walk. But it's like these women were staying with their guys where they were fucking going to war. And yeah. not using sugar or tin cans so that it could it could help the war benefit. Like, can you imagine yeah. just going like, okay, we will, we'll stop eating uh, eating beans because we want our boys to get the beans. Yeah, no way, there was dude. no there was no equal pay movement then. They were like, you guys want to join us? They're like, no, you guys go ahead. We'll yeah. stay back and sew and whatever. Like. Come on, no. let's be fair. Don't you women want to go in the military? Say, you guys go ahead. We'll, we'll <laughs> wait till 2020 when we got enough artillery and we, you know, we don't need to be. I mean, just go ahead. You go ahead. You guys are going to the coal mines. You go ahead. We don't need equal pay now. Just wait. Just wait a little while. Yeah. Wonder. I wonder when. When do you think? Like, okay, here's a, this is a weird, uh, a difficult question to answer. So now, like when I grew up, girls could get the same grades as boys and be. Doctors and lawyers just like boys. I'm not saying that the pay different thing isn't real or anything. I'm just saying that perspective wise, Nell Rudolph got straight A's and I was like, she's going to fucking, she's going to fucking do something great. Right. Cause I, and I wasn't now, when do you think, when do you think in history that women like I, I, when you, th when I think of like a 1918, 1911 woman, I can't imagine her be, literally being in the trenches going, come on, let's fucking get them. But I can visualize those women today, right? Like right. women in our military, I can see them going, fuck, he's around the corner. I should be, you know, like I can see that. What, what year do you think women pivoted where they were like, fuck, I actually want to fucking go out there and fucking lay some blood down on the streets. Joan of Arc, dude. Joan of Arc. Well, what am I talking about? Joan that of was Arc. The, that was the original Boys Don't Cry movie, except it didn't have a bad ending, dude. Yeah. I mean, everyone thought she was a dude, but she was a girl, yeah. and she kicked ass. And um, yeah, I think there have been women like in, that all through history. Dude, she was taping her titties down in like the 13th century. She was ahead of her time. Or, she was like the Jack Johnson of being a female soldier. She was the yeah. original trans woman. She was. Yeah. Maybe when Wonder Woman came out, too. You never know. Wonder Woman could have hyped people up. She did, yeah. 
And Wonder Woman goes invisible. That's a that's a great power to have. You want to talk about someone who'll get cracked open? How about Wonder Woman? Wonder Woman was a hot I mean, piece of Gal Gadot. It's like, yeah, what's up? <laughs> yeah. Also, you know, in the Civil War, Clara Barton, she was like, she founded the Red Cross. She was so tough, she would just walk out in the middle of the battle and pull soldiers right. off. And like, uh, and rescue them like while they were bleeding. And she did it for both sides too. And, and as the artillery was going off, like Clara Barton would just walk in, pull soldiers out. So th- that's pretty brave, you know? Oh yeah, you think you think those all the fucking nurses that were on the front lines, fucking bombs blowing up around them, and then they're there just to try to save someone's fucking leg, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, what about yeah. the Molly Pitcher? Is another story. Molly Pitcher in the Revolutionary War, allegedly her husband got killed. He was like manning a cannon and her husband got killed by, you know, British gunfire. And then she took over the cannon, started launching cannonballs. And the only reason why I even know about it is because they named a rest stop after uh, off the New Jersey Turnpike. So it's like Molly Pitcher should be an American hero, but she's just got a fucking Roy Rogers inside of her now. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, Wonder Woman was so fucking hot. Wonder Woman is when I is when I first realized I was straight. Like when I realized, oh, I'm there's something inside of me burning to get out, and it's right. fucking Wonder Woman. I felt right. that way about I felt that way about Smurfette. Peace. Yeah, really. Remember Smurfette? Yeah. You remember Smurfette? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. of course. Yeah. yeah. No, I felt that way about Barbara Walters. That's who used to get me going. <laughs> I would watch. I swear to God, I used to watch 2020. <laughs> I just think about Barbara. I'm sorry, I have to cut it off because my girlfriend walked into the room. So I just have to want to say that I love and respect women. <laughs> uh the the there was a there was a cartoon called the Boogaloos and the the female Boogaloo. Oh fuck. I was I was into her. Holy shit. Yeah. Female Boogaloo's hot. Charlie's Angels. Charlie's Angels. Farrah oh. See, I was always into the the to the blondes. I was never into brunettes. Like I was just talking to Burr about this. Janet from uh Three's Company, not my style. Chrissy, fuck yeah. Yeah, like yeah. Chris, yeah, Chrissy, yeah. Janet, yeah, Janet looked like an angry feminist. She had an angry feminist haircut. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and she, she was had... never fun. She was always like, Jack, you're doing yeah. this wrong, Jack. Yeah. Gosh, yeah. Jack. Yeah. You know, you're going to get caught by Mr. Roper. Yeah. And in Florida, there's a lot of hot blondes, too. That's why. Hot blondes, Florida, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, I, I thought I'd end up marrying a blonde chick. Yeah. I thought, without a doubt, blonde, big tits, not that intelligent. That's my speed. Right. That, and then I married fucking brunette, fucking whatever. But you guys are both from <laughs> the South, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, hard, just, so, so family, family, family gatherings, full-on Republican festivals? Not my family, but ah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You better Her cut family. out. You better cut out that part of you saying, Bert, that you think that what happened in Japan was wrong. You better cut that shit out. Public <laughs> hears that. Yeah. Listen, her her cousins, or as we like to call them, the Oath Keepers. <laughs> yeah. they're, they're, those they're holding on to twenty twenty four. Dude, my wife's a fucking savage. She got Invisalign, right? Invisalign at fifty, and they had to put like beads on her teeth. To, I guess I don't know how Invisalign works, but I just was like, I was like, fucking 50. You decide to get cosmetic surgery and it's your teeth? That's what you dude, pick? Dude, that's the first step, man. She is out the door. You're going to, I smell a divorce. Yeah, she's getting, yeah, <laughs> it's she's coming getting back out there. Yeah. <laughs> Catching the second wind. I like it, dude. You're going abroad, so she. <laughs> I go, who are you fixing your teeth for? She goes, no myself. I'm like, the fuck you are? No, it's over, dude. It's over, yeah. Bert. Yeah, women always say they're doing it for other women. You're like, is that really, is that really yeah. what you're doing? Yeah. I remember the first girl I met who had a breast reduction, and I thought she was she was joking. <laughs> I was yeah, like 27. Her- <laughs> I was 27. And she told me her name. I'll tell you. I don't want to. I'll edit her name out. Her name. She's like a big actress. She's like a big actress. And she told me she got a breast reduction. And I started laughing. And I was like, that's hilarious. You should use that as a bit. And she was like, no, my back hurt. And I go, ah, your back hurt. Oh, God. She was like, I couldn't jog. And I'm like, you couldn't jog. Oh, you got to be kidding me. You know she had to pay for that herself because no man is going to pay for that <laughs> surgery. And I'm like, no, they're going to keep trying to talk you out of it. Babe, listen. And we all just do some back, lower back exercises. Just, Just trust me. It's a gift from God. Don't do it. 
Segura and I were talking about, this is not as funny as that. About how much but, money you guys got? No, we were talking about uh, big dick problems. And so we were had our fans were like, hey, send us your big dick problems because we don't have big dicks. And one guy goes, I have a big dick and it actually is horrible. One time I got, I was playing basketball with a bunch of black guys and they saw my dick through my pants and thought like I was hard and they beat me up and broke out all my teeth. And he was like, I couldn't just say I have a big dick. And I was like, fuck. Yeah, no, dude, like if you got yeah. a really big one, you can't, you can't, you got to hold it, right? Like you can't, it requires so much blood. Like you get, you'll get lightheaded to fill it up. It's like, right. it's, it, it, and it hurts too. Women don't want it too big, right? They want it, they want it just like women, especially the way women kind of just are so specific. Like Leonardo DiCaprio's hot, but he's hot like in The Departed, not the, like, it's just like, you, you can't please these bitches. Yeah. You get big dicks don't go all the way in. No. They don't. And, no. and they don't get all the way hard. And you can't. So I, I'd much rather fucking touch oil, hit, strike oil, and get all the way in there than fucking have half of my dick sitting out fucking playing pinochle. In the cold. It's like having your feet out under a blanket. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> as long as it's circumcised, it's good for me. As long as yeah. you got a circumcised piece, I'm good with it. I had a friend who got circumcised when he was 19 years old. He literally just went in and got circumcised. He came into school on crutches and, uh, you know, I was like, why do you have crutches? And I was like, did you hurt your ankle or something? He was like, no. I was like, did you hurt your back? He was like, no. I was like, what'd you do? He was like, I got circumcised. And then I, I, at 19, and then I looked at it, his dick was horrendous, dude. It was fucking three times the size. It was all bandaged up. He got it for a girlfriend that he was dating at the time. She was like, oh, I don't feel comfortable with an uncircumcised penis. And then she dumped him like three weeks later. Wow. Shut the fuck up. What happens, dude? He lost fucking girth. That's why I like wow. to leave my warts on. I didn't know. I didn't know that circumcision. I didn't know people could be uncircumcised. I just never paid attention until I got to college. Mike Angelidis, Greek, uh, uncircumcised. We saw him, called him sock cock. And he, <laughs> yeah. and he would, and he would get naked all the time, but it was, it wasn't even like he would like in our fraternity, like didn't have a problem with nudity, but it wasn't like he was totally naked because he was circum was uncircumcised. So his dick was still kind of hiding. Right, right, right. Well, yeah, I mean, he, Greek guys love taking their piece out around other guys. It's kind of just like in our DNA, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, well, if, they ever, if they try to come after me with that straight white male shit, I'm going to be like, I'm Greek, okay? We're not white and we're definitely not straight. So yeah. read, read a history book. And I'm going to say the same, dude. I just did my 23andMe thing, and it says I'm 90% Neanderthal. So I'm going to be like, listen, guy, I'm fucking Neanderthal. I got the proof. Yeah, you know, I and I used to always like because of your forehead, I always suspected that you got a big helmet head. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. I as soon as I saw it, I posted, I said, Giannis has been saying this because Giannis has been call, calling me Chrissy Crow Magnums for a long time. And then I saw, and then I got 23 me, it says fucking 90 more than I'm in the 90th percentile for Neanderthal, which is wild. Yeah, for real. Did you the best joke I've ever heard about 23 me is from that guy, James Altwich? Do you know that guy? No, we know James Altucher. Is that the same guy? James Altucher is a Bitcoin millionaire that owns Stand Up New York. That guy, that guy. He yeah. told wow. me a joke. He said, uh, I, I'm I'm a 99.9 uh, Ashkenazi Jew and 0.01% Sub-Saharan Africa. I said, yeah. And he goes, I don't think that was a date, if you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I found out I found out I have like 36% Turkish. And, you know, the Turks enslaved the Greeks for 400 years, the Ottomans. So I don't think that was the date either. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think there was some non-consensual sex happening. And what can you do? I wouldn't be here without it. So you can't make omelets without breaking a few eggs. This podcast is supported by Upstart. Look, paying off debt. I'm looking at my wife right now is an uphill battle. Come here and tell, just come in behind me. How much debt were you in when we met? I don't remember, I had student You're, loans. It's not a big wide shot. I don't remember, I had student loans. It can often feel like an uphill battle. Yes. High interest rates resulting from a minimum monthly payment keeps you in an endless cycle of debt. Upstart can help you get ahead. Upstart is the fast and easy way to pay off debt with a personal loan all online. Whether it's paying off credit cards, consolidating high interest debts, or funding personal expenses like you did on that cruise you went on. You took a debt for that. I did. Yeah. 
<laughs> Over a half a million people have used Upstart to get simple, fixed monthly payments. Unlike other lenders, Upstart looks at more than just your credit score, like your income and employment history. That was what Leanne had great income. She was working as a waitress and she's her employment history is flawless. That means they can offer smart rates with trusted partners. With a five-minute online rate check, you can see your rate upfront for loans between $1,000 to $50,000. You can receive funds as fast as one business day after accepting your loan. Find out how Upstart can lower your monthly payment today when you go to upstart.com slash BERT. That's upstart.com slash BERT. Don't forget the URL to use our URL to let them know we sent you, okay? That's upstart.com slash BERT. Loan amounts will be determined based on your credit income and certain other information provided in your loan application. Go to upstart.com slash BERT. Do you speak Greek? I speak very little Greek, which is like Greeks consider a disability if they find out about. Did you ever do the thing where they throw a, a, a cross in a river and you had to swim to it? Oh, I thought you meant to do the thing where if you're, the, you you're get a girl born, they throw it off the cliff. Because we did that for sure. Spart- that's Spartan tradition. You just keep having sex. You keep impregnating the woman until a man comes up. The girls go off the cliff. You yeah. don't use them. But what, was your, what was your question? I'm sorry. They do the big thing in, in Tarpon Springs. I think it's Tarpon Springs in Tampa. The sponge they, dive. Yeah, they throw a big cross in the water. And all the young Greek boys dive in to get it. And then they, and then the, whoever gets the cross has good luck for a year. No, that's, um, that's specific to Tarpon Springs. That's, yeah, that's the biggest. Well, Franks and Beans. Yeah. yeah <laughs> that's, uh, and Tarpon Springs has like the, I think the biggest Greek community in the country, right? Because the, of the sponge industry, right? I think so. Yeah. My, yeah. my sister dated, a, a dated a, a Greek kid who got the cross. What do you mean wow. the sponge? What do you mean the sponge? Like they, they, that, they, that's what they did. There, they dove for the sponges. Like they, the sponges, like there. sponges in the sea. Or you, talk, I thought you meant like scrub daddies. Yeah, no, not scrub. Yeah, no, nature's sponges. They, uh, they're valuable for some reason. I guess they used to use those sponges as sponges before they made scrub daddies. So I Greek, think Greeks are a little inbred. It's just what it is. It's part of what the situation is. I mean, look at my eyes. They're just a little close together, and that's what happens. Yeah, it's just cousins it's from just, an island. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Yeah, Greek. Yeah, Giannis's mom and dad just were third cousins. What it is? It's just technically it's not street legal. What happens? You know, it's but not street you legal. You can't do anything about it, and I have to constantly manicure my eyebrows, uh, or they turn into fucking caterpillars that turn into butterflies and fly off my face. We're inbred, paranoid kids who just have cash hidden in the wall and don't. Trust the Chinese. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've been to Corfu. It's the only place I've ever been to in Greece. Dude, you would... Mykonos is calling for you, dude. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you went yeah. to Mykonos, you would not sleep, dude. I, I, I would check it on you. There'd be a fucking Burt champ. You'd have a oh. lamb on your head. You'd be doing Uzo shots. I they mean, would take, definitely they would get take, a divorce. I swear. This is, by the way, this is insanely true. I right after I was in Russia and got involved with the mafia, I backpacked through Europe and I went to Corfu to this place called the Pink Palace and I had a fucking blast. I had such a great time that we went immediately from Greece up to Amsterdam. And I've talked I've talked about this on stage. All true. We grabbed my buddy Weecho who flies in. Uh we go to a live sex show, flying dildos, right? And at the end, I get on stage. They put a dildo in my mouth. They handcuff me. The girl fucks my face. And these fucking seven, 12 guys are waiting outside. And they're like, you're the funniest motherfucker in the world. We would do anything with you again. And I said, let's get on a train and go to fucking Corfu. We got on a train overnight from fucking Amsterdam all the way to, to Barry, Italy. Took the boat over to Corfu. And when we got there, I swear on the lives of my children. I swear on the lives of my children. We walk into this place, the Pink Palace, and the first person that sees me goes, the machine! Wow. And, and, and started handing us Uzos. I looked at these guys. I was like, this is going to be the greatest fucking week of our lives. Wow. It was a blast. Wow. So the video went viral that quick. No, I get it. The dude, he knew you from that? I partied because I'd partied there like two weeks before, and I was like, I'm coming back to the Pink Palace. This is a blast. And I'd partied so hard that... And, and my nickname was The Machine. That's what everyone was calling me. And uh, and they were breaking plates over our heads. I ended oh, up getting naked in the middle of this dance floor with a supermodel. And the fucking play, it was just, it was like the party, the way they took party was to the next fucking level. Like it was just 
then and I, it was so dialed in for who I am. Like get get pull out a table, someone's dancing on it. Like it was just so and and I left and I was like I'll be back. And when I walked in with these guys, I had like twelve dudes with me: three UCF football players, a dude from Tennessee, a dude from Australia, uh, three French Canadians, and my buddies Chab, PJ, Weicho, and Tyler, and, and Weicho. And we walked in, and the first words out of their mouth were the machine. And I was like, <laughs> we're gonna have a fucking blast, guys. Dude, you could unite the world and party. I yeah. think you could do it. You could got, do it. I would do it. I would. I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I guarantee you, if you give me one week with Kim Jong Un, I could straighten shit out. You could straighten Seriously. shit out. I'll tell you a funny story. When I was in last time, I was in Crete. My mother's from the island of Crete, which is the biggest one. And this is how bad my Greek is. I was with my buddy, uh, my old college roommate. This is when we traveled in college. You know, we did like the month in Europe where you see Canadians and they got the fucking Canadian flags on their bags just to tell foreigners that they're not American. Go fuck yourselves, Canada. You're not even a real country. You pretend America. We don't even know you're up there, okay? Justin Trudeau is, he's a great Indian prime minister, but other than that, fuck you, okay? Justin Trudeau's got good Halloween costumes. He's got good Halloween, he's a good, he's a good. (laughs) We appreciate the diversity that you have an Indian prime minister, but that's about it. Yeah, so this guy was like trying to dance with the girl I was with at the club in, in Crete. And so he's trying to dance with her. And I was getting mad. And I, I kept saying to him in Greek, I said, Dokoritsakis in Vikasu. <laughs> my mother-in-law and my wife were laughing right now. They're Greek. I was going, Dokoritsakis in Vikasu. And I kept saying it over. And what I was saying to him is the girls are yours, even though I was acting <laughs> like I was trying to get her away. So he just looked confused going like, what? What are you like, talking? Because oh, I was like, like, my energy was aggressive, but I was going like, the girls are yours. The girls are fucking yours. Take the girls. <laughs> I was with I was with Rachel Ray in Mexico and we were in Mexico City we were doing something and uh and we got bodyguards and the, I told her I said my my Spanish sucks. She was really I said yeah, my bodyguard the first night I was like we're going to go out and party and I said to him um we we went out to a bar. I had him go out with me to a bar and it was fucking sketchy and I said to him, "Hey, do you want a beer?" in Spanish and he said, "Uh no." And I said, "Do you want a cigar and he was like no i said do you do you want uh do you want marijuana and he was like no and then we got home and i said and i realized i had been saying to him the whole time tu tienes as a as opposed to tu quieres i was saying do you have beer and he was like no and i was like do you have cigars and he's like no and i'm being really aggressive do you have marijuana she goes when did you know you had fucked up i go at the end of the night when he went to sit outside my room and i said do you want to go to bed with me but really i said you have to go to bed with me <laughs> and then she said let's take our bodyguards down to the beach and make them fight <laughs> Dude, Bert's had a fascinating life, right? I mean, this yeah, guy's dude. from fucking 18 years old. He's just been, I mean, you're just incredible. All over the world, fucking movies about you. It's nuts. And now you're doing a podcast with the history hyenas. Yeah, well, you know what? There's like, there's like a couple of universal languages, right? Like there's like music. There's, And then I think one of the underrated universal languages is partying. Yeah, It's yeah. like everyone likes to party. You can party across cultures. You know what I mean? It's like, you don't need to speak the culture to party. You don't need to know the culture, speak the language to really party it up with someone the same as, you know, appreciate music. I don't need to know the words of a German opera to yeah. really get into it. Yeah, and, and Bert, Bert's one of those guys because it's like you are just literally, at least what it appears is getting every ounce out of life and, and being so happy and positive. Like you're going to be one of those guys who just lives to 100. And people get like, I don't know how this fucking guy lived past 30. But yeah, he's just yeah. I hope, I hope. I, I just want to outlive Segura. I want people to be at his funeral going, it should have been him. Yeah. Well, <laughs> dude, I know when, so when one of you, when one of you guys dies, are you guys going to, are you guys going to like charge it? Is it going to be like a live stream or what are you guys going to do at one of your funerals? <laughs> it's yeah. going to be are a you live do, stream funeral you for 1049. Warren yeah. Sapp's going to be there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you guys are fucking great. screwed. And it's, an, I actually love, I look up to you guys because you guys, you guys have run with this, man. And this is, it's so amazing to see you guys just crush it. Oh, yeah. it's Segura. Segura's yeah. such a fucking business brain where he yeah. goes, uh, he figures stuff out. And then I'm like, uh, like, you know, I'm not even joking. I'll say something as a joke to him to make him laugh. And then he'll go, huh, I think I can work. And then you'll be like, what? Like I pitched a movie to him called Fat Astronauts. Yeah. And, and I was just as a joke trying to make him laugh. And then he just sent me a script. 
And he goes, what do you think? And I go, oh, it's fucking good. And he goes, it needs an ending. And I was like, I got an ending for it. And I sent him the most ridiculous ending. He gets on the phone. He goes, I fucking love it. Let's do it. And so like, he is, he is one of those guys that it like, he puts pen to paper on everything he does. And I'm one of the guys I like to talk shit. I like to have ideas. I never follow through with anything, dude. I have more projects with that guy. He, we were talking about our desk and we were saying, if you're, how long would it take before you got over the death of your wife? And I was like, I bet. I would be over it before people were comfortable with. Like, right. I bet I'd be like, they'd be like, he's already dating. And I'd be like, well, you know, guys, it, it, we, I was on the road a lot. We spent, you know, whatever. And then he goes, how, how would you deal with my death? And I very quickly goes, oh, I, I would never be able to replace you. Like, and he was like, I think we're supposed <laughs> to say that about our wives. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, your wives don't make you any money. I get it. Yeah. I they know. just they just siphon money out. My relationship <laughs> with Segura, we we sell these fucking two bears, one cave hats that we cannot keep on this shelf. I mean, yeah. we have boatloads coming in from China and he's like, they're already sold out. Yeah. yeah. I believe it, man. It's yeah. fucking humongous. And and like Yana said, it's like, it's doing it all the right way. Like, you know, you, you're a little bit in, you know, like, you know, even the, the littlest part of your career is in TV and movies and most of it's, you know, podcasting and, and your fans are dictating all your success, which is, I think, like the key and what everybody should be doing. I'll tell you right now, you want to know the greatest moment in friendship history that there ever's been? And it's a little bit of a perfect storm is I got fired. I was on Travel Channel for like nine years. I get fired from Travel Channel. I get kicked off the oddball tour for no reason. I didn't do anything, but they just didn't, they, they canceled dates and I was on all of them. Uh, my wife, my house is getting, uh, redone and my wife wants to get me to get a vasectomy. All this is happening within one week. And on that one week, uh, I talked to Segura, Rogan and Burr, R Rogan and Burr. There's a picture of it. I'm at the store. There's the picture of the conversation that, that is out there. It was on the comedy store documentary. Rogan and Burr told me, they're like, quit your fucking show. Your show sucks. Your TV show sucks. They're like, you're such a better stand-up. You're such a better podcaster. Like, your show sucks. And they were like, and Burr goes, what's your nut? And I told him. And he goes, yeah, we can help you get that. I was like, what? He's like, yeah, we'll just get you some advertisers on your podcast. We can help. You know what we got to do? Boost your podcast numbers. And then I went to Tom, and Tom said, I will get you a sponsor. I will get you an ad salesperson. But first, at the time, you had to get 50,000 downloads to get ad sales. And he was like, "You got to get. we got to get you to 50,000. I was at like 35, 40. And he goes, you got to be consistently at 50. And then we got to get you over 100 to get you some real money. And then once we get you there, we're fine. And so these guys all just piled onto my podcast and told and like really kind of helped me get to a place where all of a sudden I didn't have to worry about money because I had podcast money coming in. I didn't have to worry about leaving and doing the road. Dude, everyone, and I, and I, I know for a fact, I've always been like that. If anyone ever needs help podcasting, the way these guys kind of picked me up and dusted me off after I got... I felt like I was fucking done, bro. 43 years old, 44 years old. Not my my special aired and it fucking tanked. No one watched it. And these three guys were like, come on, we'll help you out. I That's go so dope. It's a fucking yeah. it's it's dude. The, go ahead. No, I was gonna say that's like your story, in my opinion, is like all the people who most of the people who have success, you know, are they've been lifted up by their peers. It hasn't been a network or a movie. That the gatekeepers, it's not that. It's like we're each other's gatekeepers now. You know what I mean? Where it's like you having, you know, Rogan and Burr and those guys lifting you up, they did more than the Travel Channel or Netflix or any network could ever do. Like, you know, so, so that, that, and that's why, and it's staying power too, because I, that's why I think that, you know, the numbers are in the masses. Like if everybody, if they could, you could do anything tomorrow and for some bullshit reason, get canceled and like, oh, the thing abroad is not going to happen, whatever TV network. But it's like, you just go back to your podcast and your stand up and the stuff you're doing Segura because your fans would be like, dude, we know that's all bullshit. We love you. That's, that's where the real power is. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I feel very, I'm, I feel very, very blessed to have gotten into, to honestly, to honestly, to have run into Joe Rogan when I did, because right, right. he is, so, he was so, so instrumental in all of us focusing on our careers in a different way than we had all of us wanted television and movies and all that shit. And, and he immediately was like, you have to get a podcast. You have to start a podcast right, right. to all of us. And if and I, and it's, it was so great because we did. And I think it's such when, you know, when the pandemic happened, all of us just doubled down on our podcasts. That's it. And I think the people like some younger comics or people right now being like, Oh, I, I can't start a podcast now. It's too late. I disagree. I think the oh, podcast I totally disagree. Is, I yeah. think it's just actually started. Like, 
I know there's people who have gotten humongous off it, all you guys and the Rogans. And, but like, I still think it's just the beginning. Like, I still think like you start, you have to start it now and build your fans now. That's the only way. Well, I think I, and you two are a perfect example. I, I definitely think, you know, comedy goes in waves. And I think the wave that you guys are on right now is the next wave of, it's the big, the big stars are in your, in your circle, your click, all the guys you started with, all the guys you hang with. And, and I'll tell you, honestly, I knew both of you guys, but in passing, not enough. But as soon as I started listening to history hyenas, I was like, I was crying. I mean, I remember re reaching out to people going like, have you, I remember hitting up Segura. I was like, dude, these guys are fucking hilarious. And, wow. it, and, and, and another thing is like good comics, love good comics good yeah. comics love good comics and they like people think it's the opposite that comics surround themselves with bullshit so they stand out fuck no it's one of the beautiful things about podcasting is that you guys are fucking hilarious and it just does wonders for me and then if i can do the same it, it's it's it just it, the what is the 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 tide raises all the boats or whatever yeah rising yeah. tides it takes up all ships something yeah. Like yeah 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 rising yes. tide rises all ships yeah I agree, man. I agree. Yeah. I think it's I think it's just like, you know, you put the product out there and it's either like funny or not funny, interesting or not interesting. There's no there's no other hangups with the podcast. There's no like, oh, you have to get these certain numbers like, yo, we just put our shit out and the people tell us and our peers tell us how it is. I, you know, I think Giannis and I, that's one of the things we certainly take pride on a lot is to have the respect we have from our peers in the game from for doing what we're doing. So, I, you know, I'd much rather and, and, you know, like you said, dude, there's no managers, no agents involved, nobody. If, if somebody would have told Giannis and I, you know, if we would have brought history anus to our agent or managers, they would have been like, no, the show's so stupid. You're not even making any sense. You've created your own language. Like, what are you calling people sauce monkeys for? And it's just like, and then, but we just did it. And that's what I think a beauty about a podcast is like, even like you and Segura, like you don't run anything by anybody. You just fucking do it. Yeah, and they hate it the most because they they don't they don't get any money off it. That's the that's what they hate it the most. They're gonna they find a way. They will get it. But until then, let's just fucking yeah. put it in Bitcoin, baby. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, funny, it's like comics, comics, comics love good comics the most. I think comics are the only ones right. who like no bat. No matter how big a comedian is, other comedians would be like, that guy sucks. You know, right. <laughs> and if some guy's not even that famous at all, they'll be like, no, that guy's good. Like that's comics. The comic respect thing has nothing to do with fame. It's all has to do with like whether the guy's actually funny or not, which is like really great. That's a great thing about comics is that they right. respect guys who are also funny, no matter what they got, no matter how small they are, they're bigger. A lot of guys who are bigger will always see a younger guy and be like, yo, that guy's good. And a lot of times that's how that guy gets known is because some older comic sees him and says, this guy's good. You know, well, the industry is yeah. looking for to cast really they're looking to fulfill you know because tv shows are commercials for commercials that's all they really are so it's, it's just casting for demographics and if you look at it that way yeah because every time you hear about a show that was a success it's always a story of guys going like yeah they didn't want to put it on <laughs> right they're like we had to fight for it and then it became the biggest hit you know and then they spend the next 10 years trying to imitate that show it's hilarious yeah. I did. I did. Uh, something's burning, and no one wanted to do that. I pitched it everywhere. No one wanted to do it. No one wanted to do it. Just started oh, yeah. doing it because Burr funded it. Burr threw money at it, and it's like, let's make it. And we did. And now, now, literally, I've had, I've, I've, I've said no to networks that I would have loved to work for back in the day. Right, where I was man. like, eh, I don't. Not, not even arrogant. Just like, ah, eh, I don't really want to listen to anyone. Like yeah. I, I don't, I don't want to hear your notes. And you I really appreciate that, it, but I'm good. that was one of the funnest. When I did that with Schultz, that was one of the funnest times I had. I laughed, dude. I was just, it was like three hours of laughing. Like it's, a, it was a good time. Yeah, yeah. it's and it's, I, I, I did it. I did it with, um, I did it with Sal, Sal Volcano, and that was the beginning of our friendship, where it eventually lead to our podcast. Hey, babe, but then we left hiatus. <laughs> <laughs> so when when are you guys coming no, to LA next? I'm actually coming uh, very soon. I'm actually coming soon. How yeah. soon? Yeah. Before before April? Yeah, uh, yeah, in March. Okay. Yeah, same, hey, same with me. I'll be there. I'll be there early March too. Let's do. Let's do. So I got a new podcast studio, and I'm doing outdoors, socially distant, uh, COVID tested podcasts. I know Back you guys. Have, I know you guys have all had it. <laughs> yeah, I've had it for sure. I had, yeah, had, yeah. But, I never uh, had it. I still haven't had it because I'm a fucking Neanderthal. <laughs> Segura called me last night and he goes, I can't believe you haven't had this fucking disease. Dude. I'm like, yeah, I can't believe it. But when you guys come out here, 
let's do an in-person podcast. I'm going to go, I got to go shoot something with Sebastian Maniscalco at three 30, oh. but let's, let's, why don't, when you guys come out here, text me, let's do one in person. I'll, we'll, we'll get some white wine for, for, for Chris. Yeah. Asma. <laughs> we'll do, yeah. We'll go fucking, yeah. We'll go fucking nuts. I'm yeah. I, I'll be out there. When, when are you going to be out there? Giannis, do you know your dates? No, I don't know them yet, but I'm, I'm it probably, yes. Yeah, early March. March for sure. We're I'll let out, you know, uh, Bert, for sure. Thank you, you guys, guys are together or if it's separate, it doesn't matter. I, I, I could talk to you guys. Honestly, I mean this sincerely. You guys make me laugh harder than any two motherfuckers out there right now. It's Thank so you. fun when you find funny fucking people and you see their Instagram feed or their podcast and you're like, oh, nice. And it's, I gotta be the, the, the beauty of, of, of history. Hyenas not moving forward is you guys are doing shit separately. So I get it double now. So yeah. Thank you, brother. Really appreciate it. I'm always coming back. Feeling, Thank you, bro. Feelings mutual, man. You're awesome. A big fan. So I love you guys. Thanks for Stay having. safe. Let's do something course, in LA, bro. okay? Awesome. Thanks, right, guys. Love you guys. Love you, Bye. Bye-bye. Peace. Peace. Bye. This episode was brought to you by The Machine.